a welcome to Money Covered, a podcast from RPC aimed at those dealing with complaints and claims in the financial services sector and risk managers within that sector. My name is Rachel Healy. I am one of the co-hosts on this podcast and will be talking to some guests about key developments in the financial services area over the last month. The podcast will discuss topical issues of relevance to those dealing with complaints and claims against FCA regulated entities such as IFAs, asset managers, SIPs and brokers, TPR regulated entities, including pension trustees, as well as issues for offshore professionals and accountants. With a lot of ground to cover, I welcome our guests to the podcast today. Welcome to George Smith and Lucy Thorne as guests on the podcast today, the 22nd of July, 2021. In the wake of Freedom Day, as we all get over England's loss a few weeks ago in the Euros final, and whilst we look forward to the start of the Olympics with the opening ceremony tomorrow. As a taster of what is to come in this FCA-themed edition, George, what will you be talking to listeners about today? Thanks, Rachel. So I'll be discussing the FCA's consultation on the introduction of a new consumer duty for FCA-regulated firms. And Lucy, what can we look forward to from you? So I'll be talking about the FCA annual business plan for 21-22 and what they've got planned for the year ahead. Before turning to Lucy and George, it's worth also briefly covering some other topics as particular highlights for listeners in July 2021. So first of all, we had the announcement from the SEA that the scope and coverage of FSCS compensation is to be reviewed. The FCA also published a review of authorised fund managers, identifying failures around due diligence, risk management, governance structure, resources and business models. There are also new rules on the horizon for authorised corporate directors, given in particular high profile issues around the Woodford Fund. We had the hearing in the Avocade Appeal addressing Section 27 of the Financial Services Markets Act and what constitutes regulated activities as a hearing before the Court of Appeal. There were also various announcements from the FCA with respect to imposed reviews on firms for defined benefit transfer advice in the form of Section 166 or skilled person reviews. This defined benefit news also came at a time when data from FOS confirmed that of 319 complaints involving the British Steel Pension Scheme final salary transfers, 56 had been resolved, with 13 going to a final decision and 58% of complaints being upheld against advisors. I would encourage those interested in this particular area to go back and revisit our first Money Covered podcast. And then finally, with eight days of July yet to go, the FRC launched probes into the audit of Greensill as we see further regulatory activity in the audit market. So July has been quite an active month so far. And one of the developments we have seen is the FCA's annual business plan. So Lucy, the annual business plan has just been released. What is it and why is it important for those regulated by the FCA? The annual business plan sets out the FCA's goals and priorities for the year ahead. So the report gives those regulated by the FCA an insight into the challenges that have been identified by the regulator over the previous year and how they propose to respond to them. 
The business plan talks about the FCA making three distinct changes. And what are these and how do you think these changes could impact FCA regulated businesses? So the regulator intends to become more forward looking and proactive. Firstly, by becoming more innovative, they intend to utilise data and technology to act decisively to protect their customers. Secondly, they intend to become more assertive in exercising their powers, whilst also making sure partner organisations are utilising their powers alongside them. Thirdly, the FCA aims to be more adaptive in learning and adjusting their approach to the ever-changing climate of consumer choices, markets, services and products. In terms of impact, the FCA-regulated businesses will need to be alert to the changes taking place. This could include investing in their own systems to meet any data requests set by the FCA. Alongside this, they'll also need to adapt as and when the FCA changes their approach in order to ensure that they are still compliant with regulations. Newly authorised businesses will also face the strongest FCA oversight with the introduction of a regulatory nursery. This increased assertiveness might be a cause of concern for firms as we could see more regulated businesses facing tougher enforcement action from the FCA and their partner organisations. You touched on it then, but reading the business plan, one of the key themes, it seems to me, is the proposed increase and in targeted use of data. And what is the FCA proposing here? And what impact do you think that might have? The FCA recognises that providing data does come at a cost to firms. So they want to make sure that the right data is being collected efficiently. They're investing over $120 million in their systems with the intention of automating data collection, along with conducting better analysis to identify and prevent harm. And they also intend to use data to strengthen their approach to firm assessment. So the FCA have included examples of emails, documents and video files as types of unstructured documents that they will be analysing. Along with this, they will be web scraping publicly available information with the purpose of identifying possible scams and risks to consumers. In terms of impact, while data can be very useful tool for identifying patterns, there is always a risk the FCA could become too reliant on it when assessing regulated businesses. In order to put themselves in the best position possible, firms should really be ensuring that their files are kept in good order to assist the FCA with their analysis tools as and when they're brought in. The automation of data collection could actually result in a reduction of cost for firms, but should be welcomed. Overall, I think the use of data will be beneficial for both consumers and firms alike, providing an invaluable resource to recognise opportunities and risks across the entire financial services market. The business plan also talks in quite a bit, little bit of detail about the key target areas for the FCA for the coming year. Um, so first things first, what are these key areas highlighted in the plan as being the focus for the FCA? One of the main areas of focus is to streamline decisions on authorisation and specific supervisory and enforcement actions. The aim is to increase the amount of real-time intervention in order to protect consumers and market integrity, even if this means more authorisation applications are turned down. Another focus is to publish more data about firms, including regulatory data which has not previously been shared. The purpose of this is to enable consumers to make informed choices and hopefully influence firm conduct for the better. The FCA also intend to strengthen the classification of high-risk investments and the responsibilities of firms that approve financial promotions. 
The work on improving defined benefit transfer advice will continue with the FDA helping to ensure that consumers know how to get redress if they have lost valuable benefits following unsuitable advice. They stated that they will take assertive enforcement action where serious misconduct is found. Another focus is the new consumer duty, which sets the standard of care expected of firms to provide consumers and is set to come into force before the end of July 2022. And they also plan to induce more robust framework for listings by special purpose acquisition companies, also known as SPACs. They will also be focusing on ensuring that asset managers present the environmental, social and governance properties of funds in terms that are clear, fair and not misleading to consumers. The FDA have put another focus on product design in accumulation for pension savers to help them make better decisions. And finally, they will be making changes to improve the appointed representative regime, which are being consulted on later this year. So that is quite a long list, and I appreciate that's also not actually everything in the FCA's business plan, um, but really the most interesting areas for us. Can you just dive a little deeper into a couple of those and give us an insight into those areas and why you think they're a focus for the FCA? The new consumer duty is referred to throughout the report, and it looks like it will touch upon many of the FCA's areas of concern, and George will be speaking in more detail about this duty later on. I also think the changes to the authorised representative regime could lead to a big shake-up in supervision. The FDA's goal is to make sure both the principal firms and the authorised representatives are competent, financially stable and treat their customers fairly. So it will be interesting to see how much of a balance there will be between the FDA and the principal firms carrying out the supervision. The FDA have said that they will be carrying out more targeted supervision whilst also requiring principals and authorised representatives to provide them with more information, which could put more onerous obligations on the advising parties. The FCA have also alluded to potential legislative changes if they're considered necessary to improve the regime. These changes could be a barrier for new advisors looking to join a network or even push smaller firms out of business if they can't afford to adapt to changes. Moving on to another area of interest, I will be keeping an eye on the proposals the FCA has put forward in respect of pension product design and ensuring value for money in pensions. Firms should be helping their consumers to navigate away from unnecessary risks with their pension transfers, particularly in a market where there are low interest rates, which are making higher risk investments look more attractive to potentially less sophisticated investors. The pensions market spans across whole society, so it's important that the way pensions products are presented, structured and charged are done so in a way that is transparent and user-friendly. The FCA will be working alongside the pensions regulator to try and identify what information would actually be useful for firms to provide to consumers in order for them to make informed choices. There's definitely room for improvement in light of the increasing number of complaints being made regarding pension transfer advice. So any improvement which will lead to consumers being satisfied with their pension transfers is welcome. This area also slightly overlaps with the FCA's ongoing work on defined benefit pension transfer advice, which we covered in a lot of detail in episode one of the Money Covered podcast. That's great. Thank you, Lucy, for that. And it will be interesting to see how the FCA tackles all of those issues that it has highlighted as being a priority for the next 12 months. And one of the areas that Lucy mentioned 
is, of course, the new proposed so-called consumer duty with the proposal that new rules come into force by the end of July 2022. George, the consultation was released back in May, but the final date for responses to that consultation is the 31st of July at the end of this month. For listeners new to the consultation, can you briefly just explain to listeners what it's all about, please? So the FCA is planning, obviously subject to the results of this ongoing consultation, to introduce a new duty for FCA regulated firms referred to as the consumer duty. Now, this would involve the creation of a new principle for business supported by rules and guidance, which the FCA intends would set higher expectations for the standard of care that firms provide to consumers. Now, very broadly, that new duty will impose a requirement for firms to ask themselves what outcomes consumers should be able to expect from their products and services and to enable rather than hinder those outcomes. The specific intention is that this duty should go further than the FCA's existing principles for business, which, of course, already require firms to pay due regard to the interests of customers and treat them fairly. Now, the genesis of this proposal is a concern that the FCA is still seeing evidence of practices by firms that mean that consumers don't get the products and services that meet their needs or the outcomes that they might reasonably expect. Consultation refers, for example, to firms providing information which is misleadingly presented or difficult for consumers to understand. It's also worth noting that this is not a new area of focus. So the FCA has been looking at consumer outcomes and vulnerable customers for a long time. In 2018, it published a discussion paper on duty of care and sought feedback on this before issuing a feedback statement the following year. And of course, earlier this year, the FCA also published guidance for firms on the fair treatment of vulnerable customers. So this latest consultation is really the culmination of a process that's been in motion for some time. And of course, the FCA's focus on consumer outcomes and vulnerable customers has only intensified with the COVID-19 pandemic. Finally, I think it's worth noting that the FCA is also consulting on whether breach of the FCA principles including, of course, the new consumer principle that's being proposed, should be actionable by a private person as a breach of statutory duty, as, of course, many of the individual FCA handbook rules already are. Now, that implemented would obviously expose firms to potential claims in the event of breach of the principles and could therefore be a powerful additional incentive for firms to comply. On the other hand, of course, that could also create some uncertainty in the sense that the principles are drafted in high-level terms, and so whether a principle, as opposed to a detailed rule, has been breached might rarely be clear-cut. Thank you, George. Um, You mentioned there that the new consumer duty is to set higher expectations of firms. In what circumstances is it proposed that this new duty would apply? So the proposed new duty would be quite far-reaching. It would apply to all FCA regulated firms in respect of products and services sold to retail clients. Now, retail clients is a fairly wide technical term with a definition that is wider than simply consumers. So the new duty would also apply in relation to many corporate entities such as SMEs. The duty also extends to firms that are involved in the manufacture and supply of products and services to retail clients, even if they don't have a direct relationship with the end customer. So it is far reaching. That said, there are some limitations on the scope of the new duty. It wouldn't remove consumers' ultimate responsibility for decision making, for example. 
will require that firms protect consumers from all potential harms, even beyond the scope of that firm's role. In addition, importantly, the FCA does make clear that this new duty would not apply retrospectively to past business and confirms that the FCA does not intend to judge firms' practices with the benefit of hindsight. Some quite important limitations there, um, in particular about retrospectivity. In terms of putting some flesh on the bone with regard to what consumer duty may include, the paper talks about three elements of that duty. Can you just talk listeners through what those elements are and where firms will be able to find these new rules? Yes, of course. So the, the new proposed duty has three key elements to it. The first is the consumer principle, which will be a new principle for business and which will set an overarching standard of conduct that the FCA expects from firms in this area. Secondly, there will be so-called cross-cutting rules. Now, these are intended to develop the FCA's overarching expectations and set out the common themes that will apply across all areas of firm conduct. So these would require three key behaviours from firms to support the consumer principle, namely taking all reasonable steps to avoid foreseeable harm to consumers, taking all reasonable steps to enable consumers to pursue their financial objectives and to act in good faith. And then thirdly, and finally, the new duty will be underpinned by a suite of new rules and guidance that will set more detailed expectations for firm conduct in relation to four specific outcomes, being communications, products and services, customer service, and price and value. So in summary, if proposed changes are implemented, we will see the addition of a new principle for business, and we'll see additional rules and guidance come in to support that principle. So substantive changes to the FCA handbook. The um, paper talks about two different wordings for the consumer duty, and that's part of the consultation as to which wording to adopt. And can you just talk listeners through what they are and how they differ? That's right. So there are two draft wordings that have been proposed for the consumer principle itself. Now, the FCA has said that in either case, the intention is that the new principle should go beyond the scope of the existing principles. The two precise wordings on which the FCA is consulting are as follows. First, a firm must act in the best interests of retail clients. Secondly, a firm must act to deliver good outcomes for retail clients. So while those are similar, there are some subtle differences. The first option reinforces the expectation, which of course is already in existence for firms in many sectors by virtue of existing FCA handbook rules, that a firm must act in the best interest of its clients. The second option, in contrast, places more emphasis on consumer outcomes and firms' obligations proactively to deliver those outcomes. So the second option stresses that firms should focus on the impact of their actions and the impact their actions will have on consumers, rather than simply going through the motions of putting new processes in place. Now, of course, whichever of those two wordings is adopted, in practice, there will be a considerable amount of overlap with existing FCA principles and rules. But of course, firms will still need to devote significant resources to satisfying themselves that they're acting in compliance with the new duty and the rules underpinning it. Now, as I said, the consultation does stress that whichever option is adopted, the intention is the new duty should go further than existing rules. But the consultation does also make it clear that the new duty would not require firms to go beyond what is reasonable in the circumstances, taking into account the nature of the firm's role and the products and services it delivers to consumers. 
The paper talks about giving firms more certainty around the standards expected of them via the introduction of this new consumer duty. Do you think that the paper, on the basis that the proposals are implemented, actually delivers that certainty for FCA regulated firms? Well, certainly that is the intention. As you say, the consultation states in terms that the new duty is intended to give firms more certainty about the standards the FCA expects from them. That's particularly the case, of course, given that the new duty is intended to add to rather than replace firms' existing obligations. On the other hand, the consultation doesn't provide a great deal of guidance on how the FCA will interpret these new requirements in practice. Uh, indeed, the consultation notes that there can't be an exhaustive definition of the new principle and confirms that the new duty will not specify exactly how firms should act to achieve the required outcomes. So, for example, requirements for a firm to take all reasonable steps to enable consumers to pursue their financial objective are obviously open to a significant degree of interpretation in each individual case. So there's certainly going to be grey areas even after the implementation of the new duty. Ultimately, for firms already doing the right thing, treating customers fairly and providing good outcomes for clients, arguably there shouldn't really be any significant changes. But the new rules will provide an important cross-check for firms, of course, and firms will want to satisfy themselves that they are acting in accordance with the new duty. It's also worth flagging that some of the specific proposals set out in the consultation, for example, the proposals around price and value expectations, do represent something of an expansion in terms of the FCA's focus. So in relation to that area, for example, even firms that are complying with all existing requirements will need to think about whether the benefits of the products and services offered to consumers are reasonable relative to the prices being charged. So our bread and butter as a team is claims against financial professionals, including, of course, those regulated by the FCA. And when it comes to negligence claims before a court, we have to, of course, consider whether a firm fell below the standard of a reasonably competent professional in that area at the time. Now, I'm really interested in your thoughts on this, George. But do you think that this new consumer duty impacts that test as we have to assess and apply it in any claims brought against financial professionals at court level? So in terms of civil claims and accords, I think in the short term, at least, the answer is probably broadly no. The new duty doesn't replace the existing standard of care. So the key thing to consider in defending professional negligence claims will remain the issue of whether the professional acted in accordance with the standards to have been expected of a reasonably competent professional in that area at the time. Longer term, however, the new duty could well have an impact. To the extent the new duty raises standards across the financial services industry, that will have a knock-on impact for the future when considering the standards of the reasonably competent professional. As we've discussed, however, there are some limits on the new duty. The firm only has to take reasonable steps, and the duty is not to provide the absolute best outcomes, just an outcome that is reasonably and objectively in the consumer's best interests. Uh, of course, the proposals do also include additional FCA handbook rules, so breach of those rules could be directly actionable by consumers, um, which may lead to additional grounds for claimants to allege breaches of statutory duty by firms following the implementation of the new duty. And similarly, if the FCA does ultimately make breach of the FCA principles directly actionable, that will also expand the ammunition available to claimants. 
But I think where we may most clearly see the immediate impact of the new duty is in relation to complaints to the Financial Ombudsman Service, the FOS. The FOS, of course, is not obliged to follow the law and is not bound by the same standards as the civil courts in assessing breaches of duty. It often considers breach of the FCA principles alongside of breaches of the specific FCA handbook rules um, even before the implementation of this new duty. So the FOS may well immediately begin to use the new consumer duty to inform its view on whether firms have acted fairly and reasonably in all of the circumstances. And that will be the case whether or not the FCA principles are ultimately made directly actionable. I think it's going to be quite fascinating, actually, how this goes forward. Um, And what's next then for this paper? So as you mentioned, the consultation is open for comment until the 31st of July. Uh, And for anyone who wants to respond, responses can be submitted via the FCA website. The FCA then expects to consult again on proposed rule changes to underpin the new duty um, and intends to uh, release that consultation by the end of 2021. And the intention then is to make any new rules by the end of July 2022. So for the moment, I think the message is watch this space. But certainly within the next 12 months or so, we may well have new rules of force, which firms will need to comply with, potentially on pain of facing claims and complaints or even regulatory action if the new duty is breached. Thank you very much, George. And thank you also to Lucy for taking us through those substantive developments and providing your thoughts on what the impact of these developments might be on FCA regulated firms. And very much watch this space. We'll probably have you both back in 12 months' time to look at whether or not the FCA has fulfilled its targets from the annual business plan. And George, also, when it comes to the introduction of the new consumer duty. We hope you will join us again next month when we will be discussing the month's hot topics in the financial services sector. And please do click to subscribe to receive the monthly podcast as soon as it is available. Be sure to also check out other RPC publications at rpc.co.uk forward slash perspectives. Thank you to our guests today, as well as those behind the scenes at RPC who make this podcast possible.